0: Hi there. Welcome to Story Notes. I'm David Maguire. In this podcast, we invite some of the world's best audio producers on to showcase exclusive features they've made in the past. And in this, our second episode, we invited on British producer Ella Watts. She talks about a piece that, well, is quite literally out of this world. So as we record this we're in a time of quarantine, we're locked up in our own individual houses and uh, the other day I called her up and we had a chat about one of the first bits of fiction she ever recorded. Hey, Ella. For those who aren't aware of you and your work, could you just introduce yourself, please?
1: Of course I can. So, hello, my name is Ella Watts. I am a podcast producer for BBC Studios, which is a TV and radio production company affiliated with the BBC, but not the part of BBC that gets paid for by taxpayers, which can be a little bit confusing for people. I'm also a freelance uh, podcast producer and consultant who specialises in audio drama And in that capacity, I've worked with BBC Sounds, Radio 4 Extra, Acast, Simplecast, Spotify and so on.
0: Cool. Um, In terms of the piece we're going to hear today, could you just tell us a little bit about it, where it's come from and why you did it in the first place?
1: Definitely can. So the piece that we're doing today is actually uh, my coursework for my master's degree, uh, which I really loved and have always wanted to share with more people and have not had a good kind of excuse or reason to do. And so uh, I was really excited to be able to kind of share it and talk about it and geek out about it. And I sort of set myself a goal with this one that all of the sound effects would be things that I had created and recorded myself because I really enjoy field recording and I also really enjoy genre fiction. And without the ability to stick a microphone in front of a dragon, I find it quite interesting figuring out how you can apply that lovely like texture of field recording techniques to things that are profoundly unreal that you cannot record. And that was the challenge I set myself with this and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, So this is Ink produced by me, Ella Watts.
2: Hey, hey kid,
3: where's your mom? Oh,
2: she's not here. (laughs) you lost? No, I don't live with my mom.
3: Right, okay, so,
2: so where's your dad? I don't live with them either. My sister looks after me.
0: Oh well, fair enough. Where, where's your sister?
2: She's working right now. In there.
1: Uh,
0: I see. Uh,
2: okay, uh, you got the day off school? Kind of. I'm doing a project. Really? What's about it? It's about tattoos. In Here we go. Tattoos specifically. I'm getting to tell me stories about times when they think their tattoos got them out of trouble. Like escaping supernova and black holes and asteroid belts and
3: stuff. That's nice. Well, um actually I uh I have a story of my own if you're still looking for any. Yes. Okay. Well, uh let me see, it was about three years back. I was on my first expedition in deep space, we were a tiny crew back then, on the SS Endeavour. I was a mission specialist, fresh out of the academy, and we were chasing rumours about a couple of exos spotted a few decades back by some of the early explorers.
2: So, what's the plan for today? I've got to finish my project.
3: You're still doing that? Yeah, it's why I'm recording this. Wait, you're recording right now? Keita? you should have told me. How come? I don't know so I could think about what I said? I didn't
2: want you to think about it.
3: What, so you could catch me off guard? My
2: teacher says it's called
3: candid. Uh-huh. Well, you can tell your teacher that I am a fully functioning adult who definitely never has coffee for breakfast. But you are ah uh, ah! Uh, uh Hush, you. Eat your eggs. I'm full. Can't we just... No. You're recording, hmm. which means I'm on my usual responsible guardian duties. If
2: I stop recording, can I throw them away?
3: No. Seriously, Kay. Eat up. You're a growing girl.
2: Fine. So, what are you doing today?
3: Are you interviewing me? Maybe. Well, I'm going to work. What do you do? You know what I do. Oh yeah, but it's for the listeners. Okay, all right. For the listeners, I'm a tattoo artist. I have a parlour in the Western Quarter. Does anybody else work there? No, it's just me for now. Though it would be nice to get someone to help me handle the paperwork. Who do you do tattoos for? Paperwork not interesting enough, huh? All right. Um, well, mostly sailors, deep spacers. I think they think of it as kind of a lucky charm. Maybe a mark of passage? Honestly, I'm not going to question it. It's a good business and they're good people. Are they magic? (laughs) What? The tattoos? Yeah! Are they magic? Do they keep people safe? Ah, well... A magician never reveals her secrets now, does she? Annie! Hush, yeah. you! And don't call me that. I prefer ink. Your name is Annie. I can have more than one name. Besides, it's all about the brand. That's stupid. You're the one who's doing a project about it. Do you want to come with me? I really need to be heading off soon. Okay. Just stick them in the dishwasher. Do you need a jacket? I think the thermostat's a bit off today. What are you drawing? Hmm? What's it supposed to be? Oh, um, it's a kraken, basically. What's a kraken? It's like a really big octopus that lives at the bottom of the sea. Oh, How come it's wrapping its tentacles around that ship? Fun fact, they're not actually tentacles, they're arms. They don't look like arms. It's more of a scientific term, really. Can you describe it? Describe what? The tattoo!
2: For the listeners.
3: Oh, um, right. Sure. Sorry, it's for a school project. By all means, go ahead. Thank you. All right, well... Captain Jemison is getting what we call a half-sleeve, which means it's wrapped around the whole of her upper arm and shoulder, kind of like a shirt sleeve. As previously mentioned, the good captain has requested a kraken, though I guess it's worth mentioning that that's one of my
1: signature pieces. I've wanted one of these since I was a wide-eyed mission specialist, stepping into the deep for the first time. My captain had one, and I thought it made her look so brave. Really?
3: Really. Cool. Keep going at... Ink, please. Only if you try to sit still for a second. If you get any more excited, you're going to start knocking things over. Okay. Right. So, um, I guess it looks black, but it's actually a very dark blue. That's what's going to work best with the captain's skin tone. The kraken has its, um, arms wrapped around a pretty old-fashioned looking ship, like Mercury class. Uh, This is the kind that was used by the first deep space sailors, right?
1: Mm, Indeed they were. I kind of like to think we're following in their footsteps.
3: I get that. Otherwise, I guess the only thing worth mentioning is that other artists, well, at least in images I've seen, like to stylize it with kind of waves and spray and foam and stuff, but that's not really my MO. So instead we've got stars and nebula, like the galaxy is rippling and wrapped up around you. Um, actually that's kind of the hardest part. The creature itself is fairly straightforward, nice long, broad strokes, But I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and the stars require a lot of attention to detail. Where do you get your inspiration from? For my work? um, well, a lot of places really. I guess, I mean, I get a lot of inspiration from the view out here. That, and books. You know the library has some really ancient stuff, like stuff from Earth. And there's some good stories there. Is the Kraken in those stories? Yeah, yeah it is. In some of them, at least. Why did you want a tattoo of a ship getting eaten?
1: Me? I suppose... I guess one of the things you learn to face when you grow up is that everything ends. I've been lucky so far, but I think it's good to remember that my luck won't last forever. And it makes me feel braver, you know? To try and face that truth. Far too many people spend far too much time running away from an inevitability they'll never escape. I don't want to waste my time.
2: Mm. Hmm.
1: And I think I've lost you. Well, you'll know what I mean when you're older.
2: Do you think my sister's tattoos have magic powers? I'm sorry. Like, do you think they make you lucky, Peter?
1: I've not really thought about it, honestly. But uh, yeah, sure. I think it's worth a shot.
3: Thank you. All right. Quiet now, both of you. I need to concentrate.
2: A tattoo? Kita,
3: it's late. Go back to sleep. I'm serious, Annie. Please, can I have a tattoo? We can talk about this in the morning, Kay. Just shut your eyes for now. I can't sleep. I can't stop thinking about it. Thinking about what?
2: Your tattoos. What about them? They keep you safe and they keep other people safe. They're magic. Kita. And if I get one, then it'll keep me safe and then nothing bad will ever happen to me.
3: What... what are you worried is going to happen to you? I don't know. Stuff. What kind of stuff? Kita?
2: How come you never call me Star? What? My dad used to call me Star. He said it was because I was special, but you never do. Do you want me to call you Star? I don't know. I just don't know why you don't do it. Do you not think I'm special? Is that why you won't let me have a tattoo? Hey. Hey, slow down, kiddo.
3: I didn't say you couldn't have a tattoo, just not yet. Why? Because you're still growing. It's really painful and if you get one now it'll get all stretched and changed as you get bigger. You don't want to have a rubbish tattoo, do you? No. Right, of course you don't. Now, about these bad things. What are you worried about? Did something happen? No, it's just... Just
2: what? I don't know, I just feel bad.
3: Are you worried about something? You've been a little quiet lately. Maybe, I just feel shaky. Do you remember when you started feeling shaky? A Couple of weeks ago. We were doing
2: like, safety stuff at school. Ah. Hey, We were talking about fires and stuff. And you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong on a space station. It's not as bad as it used to be, but still, like, if one person makes a mistake, then everything could just fall apart. Well. I mean, that's what we have Darwin for, remember? Yeah, but what if someone switches them off? Well, what if, like, an asteroid crashes into us and you're at work and I'm at school and we get separated? Well, what if something happens to you? What if... What if something happens to the station and you get hurt and, and, and then I'm all by myself? Or or what if they send me back to Mum and Dad and then you'll be gone and I'll be by myself and... Hey, and hey, hey, hey.
3: Whoa. <laughs> Shh. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Listen to me, all right? I'm not going anywhere. Nothing bad is going to happen to me or the station. And if it does, then you're not going to end up by yourself and you're not going back to live with mum or your dad, okay? I made you a promise, remember? But but what if a ship hits the station and there's an explosion, or the airlock breaks, or we all get sick, or there's a fire, or... or, or Okay, well first of all, I think maybe I need to have a chat with your teacher about exactly how enthusiastically they're teaching you about station safety. But second, Kay, look at me. You're right. I might not always be able to be there for you. And I will fight tooth and nail to make sure that that never happens. I will do everything within my power to stay by your side for as long as you need me. And I'm pretty strong, right? Hey? Yes. But space is pretty strong too. And there is a possibility, and it's a very small one, that there might come a day when I'm separated from you. You want to know a secret? There is nothing in the world that's scarier to me than the idea of losing you. But if that happens, then you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay because I've already told the station commander that if anything happens to me, then you're going to stay with Uncle Mark on Pushkar Station. Alright? Remember Uncle Mark? He's funny. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's very funny. And he's kind, and he'll look after you, and he'll keep you safe because he loves you very much. What am I supposed to do without you? You're never going to be without me. You just said... No, No, let me finish. I might not be able to be with you always like we are now... But even if something very bad happens, I promise, part of me will always be with you. Right here. You know what? What? Do you know what people are made of? Skin and bones and stuff? Well, yes. But we're what scientists call a carbon-based life form. You know what carbon is, right? Like carbon fibre? Yeah, like that. So all human beings are built on very tiny pieces of carbon. But carbon is very special. It's a chemical element that can only be made under very specific circumstances. Like what? Carbon can only be made when a star goes supernova. When a star dies, carbon gets made. And that's what we need to make people. So, do you know what that means? No. That's okay. Well, it means that we're all made of stardust. And when we die, when we die, we're given back to the stars. So if you ever lose me and you want to know where I am then I want you to know that all you have to do is look out the window look at the stars and I'll be there looking back at you and you know what Kita? What? I will be so proud of you and I will always always love you so much (gasps) I love you too okay well we're awake now how about we make the most of it? Do you fancy him in that Yes, please. Come on then.
2: So today we're going for a picnic. We do this sometimes because Anne, Inc. says it's good to look up and remember where we are. I'm going to put my recorder inside my suit so hopefully you'll be able to hear everything.
3: Keita, are you ready? I'm ready. Please remain still. The airlock will now undergo decompression. Please remember to stay attached to your tether at all times. We hope you have a pleasant flight. Thanks, darling. Okay, you ready, kiddo? Yes. Grab my hand.
0: Children.
3: How about here? Here's good. Okay. Activate your six magnets. And... Look up. <gasps> it's a beautiful view today, isn't it? It's even better than last time. Well, maybe not better. You wouldn't want to hurt the sky's feelings. It's just different. It's so bright. Yeah, it is. See that one? The squiggly one? Yeah. Well... Thousands of years ago there was this group of people called the Greeks and they used to tell these together, stories about God and we could be apart.
0: We are better together and we could be part.
3: Thank you for submitting your project Inc. to School. It will be reviewed in 48 hours. We hope you have a pleasant day.
0: How did you feel waiting for us to listen to that? And when was the last time you listened to it?
1: Oh, man, I felt very nervous. I am not used to having to immediately talk to people after I have, <laughs> after they've listened to something I've made. And I made this a while ago now. And I was sort of listening and going, "Hmm, ah, I would I would fix that. I would change that <laughs> the whole way through.
0: For me, it sounded like it was a, you know, obviously it was this fantasy format, but there was something quite autobiographical about it, something that maybe the the kid was like an inner voice, inner worries, and the adult in the spaceship was was someone kind of like getting a bit of perspective on on Troubles. When you wrote this, was that something you you had in mind?
1: Yeah, kind of. So I had a, a, a troubled childhood, as many people did. And I often want to write about it and can't and find that it's easier to kind of go at it sideways through things like genre fiction and and, um, changing details. And with this, yeah, there was was part of that, which was this kind of sense of like family not being quite what you expect it to be and in different places and a little dysfunctional, but still good. But there was also, (laughs) I'm not sure how well I achieved it, but the idea originally was that I wanted it to be Keita the kid without realizing it capturing the moment that she realizes that death is is a, is is real as a thing um because I've been talking a lot to a friend of mine who works in museums where they obviously have to teach kids about death because like what's in the mummy's sarcophagus and I find it really interesting that there's that moment in a child's life and it's quite a fragile moment where they suddenly become aware of death and some children become earlier for for, re- for various traumatic reasons and others become aware much later and maybe it's harder in some ways when you become aware of it later but I kind of had this idea that I really if you live somewhere like a space station if you live somewhere kind of dangerous um, and on quite a kind of precarious like edge of humanity how do you deal with things like risk and harm and death and especially if you're a child how do you like at what point Do you become aware of that? Because if you're not aware of death, then you're going to kind of pop yourself out an airlock just for funsies because you're a child and you don't think that there's a consequence to that.
0: Yeah, interesting. And and in terms of the tattoos as well, the the kraken, did you say? Like that seems maybe like a metaphor for something else, you know, kind of pulling down ships, this kind of the fear of the unknown. So was that part of that thought process?
1: Yeah, well, like I think for me, a big part of my growing up was realising that things that are dangerous and scary are also often beautiful and often the things that will make my life better and more interesting. And sometimes I just have to embrace the idea that risk will happen. And I think that with the the kraken and the spaceships, the idea is just, you know, you can spend your whole life trying to stay in your small harbour, but it won't be very fun. Or you can go out into the deep sea and you'll probably encounter a kraken, but it may or may not be worth it. And I like the idea that people can just embrace the idea of their own mortality. I think that we all need to talk more about the idea of our own mortality. And I like the idea of kind of reminding yourself that if you are going to take your own life into your hands, there are risks. And some of them seem fantastical and some of them aren't. And either way, it's worth it.
0: In terms of the tattoos, A, have you got a tattoo? And um, B, what made you come up with the metaphor, I suppose, the storytelling... Was that was that something that you, you kind of sought out from the start?
1: Yeah, so I do not have a tattoo. I very much want one, um, but I do not.
0: Are you going to get a Kraken?
1: Yeah, I actually, you know what? I do want something similar. I want a poison dart frog because they eat things that would kill them and turn them into something that keeps them safe, and I, I appreciate that metaphor. So yes, no, I, I very much want a tattoo. I have a paralyzing fear of spending money, though, and you really should spend money on a good tattoo. So uh, <laughs> one day I'll get over it. But... In terms of where that came from, I really, really like the idea of taking futuristic or fantastical situations and applying superstitions and traditional historical cultures to them. I am a historian. I love artefacts and art and sort of the material and texture of life. And I just really liked the idea of a tattoo artist working on a space station. I really liked the idea of kind of a, a rundown, slightly rusty, slightly broken space station at the edge of space and just like astronauts getting tattoos to give them good luck the same way that sailors used to do when they were exploring the ocean. And then I kind of went from there and was like, well, I suppose, wouldn't it be fun if they, if they referred to themselves as sailors, if, if they saw themselves as, as, as like deep space sailors and, and, and they had their own superstitions and then how would different people interpret those superstitions? And, you know, like stuff like a kraken is also just like a common nautical image. And I liked the idea of it it translating to a, a different thing that's still the same, like a different fear of the unknown and a different fear of, a, you know, a fear of the vacuum instead of the ocean, but still the same fear of vastness and what lurks in it. But the other reason was for the for the sound. I really liked the idea. I actually recorded a tattoo needle on Deptford High Street in a tattoo studio where they were very kind to me and let me sort of, stand around them and wave my uh, recorder around, because I wanted that specific, like very distinctive, interesting sound in it, because I just thought, again, like the idea of putting that sound on a space station really appealed to me.
0: So if there's one thing that you wanted the listener to take away from this, what would you say it would be?
1: I was raised Christian. I spent a lot of time in a Catholic boarding school. I have a GCSE in Bible studies. Um, and have studied the history of the Christian church extensively. So I have a complicated relationship with religion. And one of the things I find interesting about religion and faith and superstition and folklore is that they are things that we hold on to to reassure ourselves that the world is not so big and so scary because there is something bigger and more powerful and sometimes scarier, and therefore the world is small and, and, and safe and comfortable. And I think what I feel is really important and what gives me a great deal of reassurance is accepting the fact that the universe, the world, is so much bigger than I or any human being will ever understand or know and that my superstitions and any faith that I have is a comfort against that but ultimately does not cancel that out but that both of those things can exist at once and that's okay Like that I can take comfort in a superstition and know that it's not bigger than the universe. And that's okay, because in the end, that's all that I can do. And I've got to just jump anyway.
0: So Ella, where can people listening to this find out more about you and maybe some of the work you've done?
1: Uh, So the best place would be either my website or my Twitter. Um, My Twitter handle is at G-E-J-Watts and my website is bit.ly forward slash Ella Watts. Um, I work on a couple podcasts but the big one that I'm working on at the moment is The Orphans which is a sci-fi drama
0: If you have a story you'd like to share or if you'd just like to get in touch please do drop us an email, podcasts at wearestable.com stable without an E at the end of course and press that subscribe button where you can Thanks for listening